You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world, Merry Christmas, and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world, according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, first things first, Merry Christmas. And second of all, what's on your mind? Ho, 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 in the BWO Christmas. How right. you doing? Everything Hopefully uh, Christmas as well. Wink. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Christmas is yeah, beautiful. Hopefully, hopefully everybody out there, the pod squad, I hope you had a happy, healthy, and joyous holiday season. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we're here. Uh I'm very excited. This is my, uh, one of my favorite things about Mind the Meanie is Ask Meanie. And we've decided to de- dedicate a, uh, entire episode of, uh, this entire episode to Ask Meanie. A little inside baseball. Uh, you know, we're traveling over the, uh, hol- I'm like, well, I'm traveling over the holiday season and, uh, we wanted to do this. You know, I have a special, uh, Ask Meanie, you know, since, um, I am uh, away that Christmas uh, weekend, so nice little something to listen to on a Monday, the day after Christmas, and uh, you know, uh, here we go. That's I'm right. excited. Yeah, Christmas was fantastic. I hope it, I hope yours was as well. It's uh, it's my favorite time of year. Uh, like I said last week, we uh, I take the week off. I work all year long uh, as hard as I can to make sure I save my vacation to spend time with the kids. And uh, my wife and my family. So this is uh, it's 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 just wonderful. I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. But one thing I missed on this holiday season, and one thing I want to know, Blue Meanie, Santa Meanie, if you will, <laughs> I, have a que- I, I have I have a question for you. Yes. Would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget. Typically, we do this at the end of every program. But this week is going to be a full Ask Meanie Anything. We have a lot of questions this week from our followers and our pod squad. Don't forget to tweet at us using the hashtag Ask Meanie. And we may or may not ask your questions on the show depending on the content because sometimes we can't ask them because y'all are fucking filthy. And Meanie, since it's also not just our Christmas episode, but also our very last episode that will be airing in 2022 I wanted to bring back something from the the archives. Yes. It's seltzer time. What are you drinking today, pal? Yeah, baby. I got a uh, Schweppes. Schweppes. Blackberry. Ooh, that's nice. Man. That looks delicious. I have a uh, a knockoff icy 
from <laughs> Aldi, I believe it is. But these are fucking good, man. They have all the, these. The lemonade flavor, but my favorite is the cherry limeade. So if y'all want to get me something for Christmas or the new year, you know where to find me. Gift card? A gift card is fine for for as many ices as I can put in my fucking cart because these are like 99 cents a piece. So if I can fill up the refrigerator, it would be great. All right, y'all, we're going to crack these Johns in three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? There we go. I picked the wrong wrong week to uh, trim my fingernails there. Nice and spritzy. That's so fucking good. Yeah, man. Get yourself some cherry limeade, folks. It's super good. We're going to be belching through a lot of this episode as well, I'm sure. We're going to start at the, we're going to start at the top here. Little Jimmy Sorensen wants yeah. to know, Meanie, have you ever been to Japan? Do you have any Japan trip memories or recommendations to go to? Sadly, no. Mm. Um, uh, Japan has been my white whale. I've always wanted to go to Japan uh, to wrestle or... Now, you know, anything, you know, just to, just to go, uh, you know, uh, always, you know, growing up watching like Japan has always been something like I've admired from afar, you know, growing up, uh, reading the after magazines and then, uh, you know, uh, I guess my first taste of Japanese wrestling. So when I got the, uh, pro wrestling illustrate Lord of the Rings VHS back in the day and they showed like, you know, uh, clips of, you know, Flair winning uh, the NWA belt back from Kerry uh, Von Erich in Japan and all that stuff. And I always enjoyed Japan, the culture, the, the wrestling, everything. But uh, never got the chance to go. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy uh, Jimmy's getting to go. Uh, I guess, like, uh, I guess the one thing I would always, I always wanted to go to like the Tokyo Dome just to see it. A, because, uh, excuse me, wrestling. Um, Van Halen did a concert there too. Uh, if you watch, uh, if you go on YouTube, Van Halen 1988 live from the Tokyo Dome, they did with like probably one of my favorite like recorded Van Halen concerts from there for on the OU812 tour. But, uh, yeah. I've always wanted to go there, see the Tokyo Dome, go to uh, go to Robert's Steakhouse. Um, you know, that's a infamous place. Uh, always have heat with people who've never gone there. Where's the, when they they buy the jacket and they wear the jacket? It's like, yeah, dude, you didn't go to fucking Robert's. If show me a photo of you in Robert's, and then I, I'll relinquish the heat of you wearing a jacket because yeah. they give the wrestlers. To- jackets there so that's always been i always wanted to go there get the uh satin jacket have a steak there and all that good stuff so but uh yeah i wish i i wish i did go i wish i did have stories but uh that doesn't mean i uh that mean just means that i'm gonna have to live vicariously through little jimmy Sorensen on his way to japan so Congratulations, brother. Yeah, Japan is definitely on my bucket list as well to visit. Um, I love being a photographer. Like, I'd love to see Tokyo once before I die. So, uh, you know, as I get older and start actually being able to save money, I will be able to go to Tokyo and enjoy it. But uh, I hopefully will go soon. Uh, Jason wants to know, what are some wrestling books that you would recommend? Well, I was just talking about this on uh, the last episode. Um the uh, Death of the Territories 
Um, and I'm kicking myself right now because I, I forgot. I, I'm friends with the the, uh, the author, but uh, Death of the Territories, excellent book. I'm more of an audio book kind of guy. Mm. Um, Brian Gewertz just uh, put out a great book, which I also got on audiobook. You know, there's just one problem. Um, another great book that a lot of people uh, don't talk about. Uh, Gary Michael Capetta's book, Body Slam. Um, I have a very, uh, I, I uh, have a lot of admiration for Gary Michael Capetta. Gary Michael Capetta was the ring announcer of the first show I ever went to live. Uh, the first time I ever went to go see pro wrestling, he was the ring announcer. And uh, and then, you know, subsequent shows, I, I've seen him after that. And fortunately, I've, I've um, Oh, Tim Hornbacker is the one who did uh, Death of the Territories. I'm CTE, brother. I'm sorry. Uh, Tim Hornbacker, Death of the Territories. But back to Mary Gary, Michael Capetta. Yeah, his book, uh, you know, I was lucky to become friends with him. And, you know, we just did a Legends of Hamburg over the summer. And he was there. And he gave me, like, the kayfabe tour. He's like, yeah, that's where Vince Sr.'s office was. This and the other thing. I'm, I'm just like a kid in a candy store, you know, because I grew up on those Hamburg TVs, those Allentown TVs. And, uh, you know, he was the ring announcer. Jimmy Snooker would come over and eat, the, eat his carnation right out of his pocket. <laughs> so, so, you know, that's a great book. There's a lot of good books. Um, I wish I, I had the Bret Hart book. I need to read it. Uh, but that thing is as thick as the phone book, you know, it's yeah. like it, it's a hefty read. And I'm kind of envious that Brett did that where, the, you know, he just like did audio diaries at the end of the night, just talking about where he was. And like he had a tape recorder and he would just talk into a tape recorder at the end of the day and just compiled all this stuff. I wish I could have had the foresight to do that because people keep asking me if, you know, if I'm going to write a book and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just... You know, I wish I had the details that, you know, if like first day details, you know, if just talking into a tape recorder and just putting things down and stuff like that. But then again, you know, there's a lot of times where you have an emotion and you put that emotion down and you put that into the world and people always, you know, you know, latch onto that one thing you said where as you grow older, you know, maybe an opinion changes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you don't believe the same thing as you did back in the day. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the unfortunate part about writing a book. So maybe that's what's been holding me up this. Like, I want to get a little bit older and a little bit more mature to, before I go write a book. Cause I've seen people write books too, where they talk about certain people and then they see that person in person and they wind up, you know, talking out their issue that they talked about in the book. And then, it's just like, oh shit, well, you know, uh, it was all a misunderstanding. So now I can't go back and read that book. So, right. you know, it just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of great books out there. Uh, yeah, definitely Body Slams, Death of the, you know, by Gary Michael Capetta, um, Death of the Territories by Tim Hornbacker. Um, the Brian Gerwitz book is awesome as well. Uh, he's very funny. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it, 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 oh, I, I, you know, again, I'm a big fan of audiobooks. So Terry Funk's book, More Than Hardcore, is fucking brilliant as well. Um, 
Oh yeah, no, okay. Of course, all the McFoley books, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows about those books. I'm trying to, you know, give shine some light on some uh, lesser known or newer books that just came out. You know, uh, all all the mix. I even like mix mix non wrestling book. He did a, a story called Tatum Brown that was really good as well, and uh, I read it. And he's a great storyteller, and. um Really enjoyed that, and then when you know, when I told him I read it and enjoyed it, he he seemed like, oh shit, you know, cool. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't just read his uh, wrestling literature, so uh, yeah, that's good as well. So yeah, there's a lot of good books out there, but uh, off the top of my head, those are the the ones that stand out, and uh, I would recommend at this moment. Ask me again in the year, and I might have some more. Uh, the one book I would love to put over. Uh, would be Nitro by Guy Evans. Uh, great, I have, great. I have it. Man. I have it. I just haven't dove in yet. Uh, let's see where we at. Uh, the Daily One podcast wants to know which former ECW talent expressed the most Christmas spirit. Well, technically, McFoley's ex ECW. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Yeah, it would have to be Mick, I guess, you know. Um, you know, he, he did, did a whole documentary, meant do, whole documentary about his love of Christmas and, uh, called I Am Santa Claus, which I think is still on Netflix. Yeah. A shout out to my boy Tommy Avalone, who produced that, uh, where they go, what do these guys do the day after Christmas? And they follow him from the day after Christmas all the way up to through the next Christmas. And Mick's love for Christmas is legit. Like, um, you know, me and Al, me and Al would be riding with Mick and it'd be like middle of summer. We're out in Arizona. He's like, hey, uh, can I put on this, this song? And you put on like, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, put on some music. And you're thinking, you know, Marilyn Manson or ACDC. Or, uh, he's put on like Nat King Cole's Christmas album. It's like, <laughs> and it's like one of those things he puts it on and you're just kind of like, Waiting for him to go, ha, 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 just kidding. And no, no, he, he was serious. He, he really wanted to listen to that in that moment. So uh, I would have to say McFoley. Uh, but every year, you know, we, you know, around Christmas time, we would exchange gifts and stuff like that, or, or at least cards. Right. You know, everybody, you know, everybody had the Christmas spirit in there. And he said, I mean, but like McFoley is like, a number one Christmas guy, you know. Wes of Deep Dive Disney wants to know, is there any modern wrestler who you think would have thrived in the heyday of ECW? Oh, man. Good question. Uh, definitely a guy like Kevin Owens. You know, I think Kevin would, would have... Would, Probably be one of the top guys in ECW. Um, what else is there? Oh, certainly MJF. Yeah. You know, um, he kind of could have been like the Shane Douglas, you know, uh, type of ECW. Not necessarily, and, uh, not necessarily like the extreme elements of it, but just somebody who is just a shit talker. Well, no, like, I mean, Shane wasn't like the hardcore guy. He was like, like, you know, he was the franchise because, you know, he was like the good looking jock type. You that's, know? Uh, that's what I mean. But, yeah. Like he would, he would, he would be the guy that would be like the face of the promotion essentially. 
It would be like the the uh, the, the aristocratic, mm-hmm. you know, type of uh, <clears throat> wrestler. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, he's such a throwback to you know. You think most you know, most of the '80s characters were based off the uh, the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas. You know, greed is good. I can see MGF being that type of. Uh, I see. I can see Paul trying to make parallels between yeah that movie and MJF, but in a modern. So he could do that in the modern setting too, but if you know, get a time machine, take him back to the nineties. MGF, yeah, current MGF back in the nineteen nineties, you know, with ECW would have been great. If I might uh, cut in for a second, when sure. when MJF goes to WWE, because it's a it's a matter of when, it's not a matter of if, because that guy is white fucking hot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it. He can do the talking all on his own. But fucking hell. MJF and Heyman, like, yeah, just fucking shut up and take my money now. Like, Christ on a cross, man, that would be incredible. And I like MJF. I just don't. There's like the the uh, that Ricky Starks kid fucking gave him a spear. I'm just like, why are you letting them? Yeah, why is he bumping MJF before they even have a fucking match? You don't see anybody yeah. bumping Roman like that. MJF should be, you know, pussying off, you know, yeah. and just you know, powdering and getting the heat. Now that, you know, uh, again, Starks, you know, went and straight up speared him out of the rank and, you know, it, it kills any meaning to them having a match. Correct. You know, MJF should be doing this thing on the mic. Starks wants to get to him, can't get to him, you know, because, you know, MJF does something weaselly or, or pussies out and, backs off but now that they've had them like they've had physical contact it's, it's just taken all air out of the fucking balloon for me it, it, it's killed any interest i have and it's not you know for my lack of interest in mjf or ricky starks as performers but that, that feud i'm just like Meh. yeah i don't need to see it now because you know he's he's fucked them up so but yeah mjf definitely would have been uh, great in ECW, um, you know, Matt Riddle, definitely, you know, he could have been like, I mean, Taz was, you know, a UFC hybrid type fighter. Matt Riddle would do amazing in ECW. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. I could even see, I could even see to go as far as to say friend of the show, Karrion Cross. I think, oh, yeah. his, I think his gimmick would go over super well in, yeah, in a Heyman ECW. Yeah. He's a huge huge ECW fan as well. So yeah, yeah he would done, he done amazing. Morgan Dryden wants to know what would you and Adam like as wrestling fans for Christmas? As, like as far know. as, as, as wrestling fans, what would we like for Christmas? I don't know. A million bucks would be great. You know, uh, I don't know. Um, Man, uh, Santa Mini would be great. Yeah, the Wrestle I'll Buddy buy, from Brothers Gatter. I'll buy my own uh, Wrestle Buddy for myself. <laughs> um, technically, I did. Uh, I don't know. It's just like they don't make DVDs anymore. Mm. You know, I, I used to love why. Yeah, I missed the thrill of going out and finding a good, you know, wrestling DVD, like documentary style DVD, or you know, used yeah. to put those. You know, and then they go out and buy, you know, 
the AWA documentary or I think the last one I actually physically bought was the documentary on the, the Monday after WrestleMania they did. You know, the history of, you know, uh, Mondays, Monday WrestleManias, you know, the day after whatever, Raws. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of what I miss, you know. Um, I don't know, but that's a great question. I just don't know what, you know, merch that's out there, you know. It would probably have to be like a book or yeah, something uh, historically, historical related, you know, stuff like that. Cause I'm, I'm, I love wrestling docs. I love wrestling books. Um, and like I said, I actually miss physical media, you know, going, being able to go out and find, you know, DVDs and stuff like that. If I see like a DVD out in the wild, like a Goodwill or whatever, I might pick it up, you know, if, yeah. if it's I didn't have before, you know, but yeah, it's a great question. As a fan, what do I, what would I want now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much. There's just t-shirts, really, when you think about it. Yeah, my my brother Matt, Matt from Dover, uh, friend of the show, and and frequent ask me any question asker Matt from Dover, uh, picked me up a scissor me daddy ass t-shirt for Christmas this year. <laughs> so honestly, that's that's good enough for me, man. Um, Mark and Dryden's second question: Which Christmas related WWF segment out of these two do you guys like better, and why? When Rowdy Roddy Piper beat up Bobby the Brain Heenan dressed as Santa Claus on prime time. Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Santa Claus for being an idiot to the kid on Raw. Well, that was just, that was taken from ECW where right. we 911 uh, chokeslammed Santa Claus uh, at the ECW arena. Um, we did it first, pal. Yeah, I don't remember. I vaguely remember Piper beating up Heenan. You know, dude, growing up hardcore ECW, I mean, hardcore WWF fan. I miss like uh, year end WWF TV where they would have all the, they would bring up the the Christmas wreath on the TV Mm -hmm. and then green screen the wrestlers in there. Saying Merry Christmas, but like at, in character, like the Iron Sheik would be like, "And a Merry Christmas to all of my friends out there." You know, all that I'm stuff. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Baba. Yeah, Baba. You know, they, I miss those year-end WWF Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas vignettes from the wrestlers that they would do every year. You know, that's just, I, I'll still go on like every now and then on, you know, Christmas, I'll, I'll post those uh, videos from YouTube or whatever like that. Yeah. But between those two segments, you know, I vaguely, re- I vaguely remember Piper beating up Heenan and the uh, Stone Cold thing was, you know, basically a, a retread from ECW, which a lot of Attitude Era or Monday Night War stuff was. A retreads from uh, ECW. Yeah, uh, I would. I'm going to go with Austin just because, like, yeah. you know, it was great. It was a great shtick. Yeah. Uh, Becca Boo wants to know what is or was your favorite place to eat when you're in St. Louis, Missouri. We love food questions, y'all. Fucking keep giving them to us. I fucking love talking food. Oh, I don't even know. I don't remember. I. It's been a while since I've been to St. Louis. Um, 
I love St. Louis too because a great historical wrestling town. Um, between wrestling at the Chase and you know Billy Corgan keeps going back there, you know, with the NWA and doing shows at the Chase and stuff like that. And I did some indies out there and work for WWE out there. But uh, as far as food places, I really can't recall um, any of them. Really, just like it, uh, I'm sure there's been some uh, fantastic places, but just there's so much time in between me now and when I was there that like it probably to- it's totally escaped me. So I, I wish I had an answer, but I will say St. Louis is one of the best town. Well, as such a great wrestling town. As far as baseball, they could go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> as a Philadelphia Phillies fan, uh, yeah. yeah. Fuck but, uh, Wrestling, all the respect in the world. Big Mikey Cool wants to know the Blue World Order Christmas promo where Stevie Richards super kicks Santa. Yeah. Was the pop from the crowd, the oh, from the crowd legit? Like a what the fuck? What the fuck are they doing? Oh, my God. Or was the crowd warned ahead of time and told to play up the reaction? I mean, there's a lot a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, we're running around New York with the BWO Times Square promo. A lot of stuff we did, we just filmed. We didn't have permits to be there. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, somebody saw someone to shut us down, they could have shut us down. You know, uh, we did a lot. There's a lot of stuff, you know, uh, I guess my favorite one was, well, I, the, the one you're referring to is like when Stevie, Stevie kicked Santa. And then the, the best part about that is that guy wasn't a wrestler. That guy was a, a straight up street performer. And we had been recording and a guy came over and was like, I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. All right. Well, uh, and then, you know, I forget who came up with the idea, probably Paul, but uh, it was me, Stevie, Paul, Ron, Charlie, and uh, I think Joey, Joey Styles and maybe his wife were there because we had been uh, doing stuff at the studio, but they were just coming along to watch us film it. I think they were there. And uh, the guy was like, we want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. I want to be on TV. All right. Can you... Uh, do this and you know Stevie you know we explained the Stevie kick and you know what he needed to do you know basically the nest plunge and uh, the guy was like okay <laughs> and we're like alright we'll, we'll, we'll try and um, so we filmed the thing you know, you know we wish people Merry Christmas and I'm like yeah man let's go uh, let's go see the tree and uh yeah, that's where he comes up and goes, oh, BWO, BWO. And we both yell, shut up, which <laughs> I don't know why we would yell, shut up at somebody who's cheering BWO, BWO at us. You know, we should be like, oh, okay, cool. You know, but, um, and that's when, you know, Stevie, Stevie kicked them and the reaction, because we had like, there, there had been some time in between him approaching us about doing it. And then us filming it, right? You know, people are just we're we're like an island in a stream of like people walking this way and that way. 
you know, we're, we're kind of, we're like the assholes, you know, at the supermarket talking in the middle of the aisle and just wait, making people go around us kind of thing, you know? So the people who reacted, who, who saw the, the super kick hadn't seen us do the whole pre-planning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, those like the, ooh, you know, shit you hear in the background is legit reaction. You know, uh, my, my, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite reaction is, you know, uh, me and Steve would go up to the Christmas carol, caroler. Sorry, first day with the new mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm singing uh, a time or two ago or whatever the fuck the song is. Uh, and Steve, we just walk up to him. He's like, Oh, we have a couple of Santa's elves or whatever the fuck he said. And Stevie just grabs the mic and goes, ECW, ECW, BWL. And the guy's fucking radio thing fell over. And we're just like, and that reaction was like a legit, like, we looked down, looked up, looked at each other and went, oh shit, let's get the fuck out of here. And <laughs> hightailed it. It's like, let's get the fuck out of here. But, uh, the fuck out of Dodge, did, man. Yeah. We did that. We, um, went down to the ice rink. We'll watch people skate. We were t- we we almost went down onto the ice <laughs> in full gear, uh, and uh, you know, but yeah, they wouldn't let us. So, um, and uh, yeah, I fuck ice skating. Uh, <laughs> I tried it. I tried it once, oh, once, you know, and uh, I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, but uh yeah, that 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 BWO skit was fucking great. It just uh brings back so many memories. You know, I I was always loved going up to the TV studios up in New York. We drove up, met at the studio, caravan down to Manhattan from the TV studio. Yep. You know, and uh you know, the afterwards we went out for we all went out for pizza and hung out and had a good time. And yeah, just walking around in Times Square in a half shirt and Daisy Dukes, you know, and just not, not, it was weird. Not too many people flinched, you know, I guess cause you have, you know, nowadays you have the, you know, naked cowboy in his underwear playing guitar and shit like that. So I guess we were out of our time, I guess with that, you know, but yeah, you know, that'll probably be another one I post on social media Christmas day, but uh Yeah. And that's one of the skits gets to help, you know, you know, continue on, you know, BWO was supposed to be a one night thing and then it became this phenomenon. So, and I think that's in, 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 in great part to, you know, doing the, you know, ECW investing precious TV time to us, you know, invading Times Square. Yeah. Meanie. Yes, sir. Real fast while we're talking about it. Tis the season for clean balls. Follow la la la. <laughs> la 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 la. Your friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking suffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or your body buffer for the holiday lover. Loving all these rhyme and the, the rhyme schemes going on here, meaning I love this shit. Uh, well, win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using promo code MindMeanie for 20% off plus free shipping. Meanie, I got to tell you, 
The products at Manscaped have been incredible. I smell better. I feel better. And most importantly, Courtney enjoys looking at Little John on the East Side Boys way better. Way better. But I'll tell you, man, uh, Manscaped is the top of the line for a man grooming, uh, man maintenance, uh, whether it's the, the Platinum Package 4.0, the, the Preserver Cologne, the, the Sheer 2.0, and the, or the Body Buffer. Or you know what? I like the, uh, the, the green tea, uh, spray for your feet. Cause after a long day, you know, from head to toe, I like to, uh, that's how I go. Hey man, I dig it too. My feet t- smell terribly after a long day at the office. Manscaped is your one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Platinum Package 4.0, plus loads, get it, from little presents, perfect for holiday and stocking stuffers. What better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formulation shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything that they could need to keep it clean. I know how nice my skin looks, Meanie. I know you're a skin guy as well, so you want to make sure everything looks good up top and downstairs. Uh, don't let those chestnuts roast in, the, roast in the wrong boxers. Get them a pair of Manscapes boxers especially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. Now that you've given them the perfect privates, go beyond the groan with Manscapes full body product line his dad have nasty nose hairs save his life with the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer the shears 2.0 is their full kit for nail care with scissors clippers tweezers and a file for the traveling man there's the brand new persevere cologne that's a that brings a light breezy woodsy feel that gives that fresh tree scent even after the holidays are over i just got myself a scent of this i'm a big cologne guy i like to smell good when i'm in the office and i'll tell you what the persevere cologne Chef's kiss, my friend. Way to go. Are you still using a loofah, Blue Meanie? Uh, not, not, not now, next, thanks to uh, Manscaped. Using the, uh, the brand new body buffer, loofahs hold a Absolutely. shit ton of bacteria from dead skin. Help throw that disgusting loofah out and get the body scrubber that feels smoother but acts tougher, just like old Goober here. Uh, lastly, top off the stocking with the crown jewel for the family jewels with the Lawnmower 4.0. The Electric Razor's advanced skin safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast, friends, and by giving products that they'll love and will make them laugh. Go to manscaped.com right now. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using the promo code MINDMEANING. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code MINDMEANING. Manscaped, the perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. We thank them for sponsoring the program. Jeff Goodridge wants to know, who was the best river river ever? Ever? Ever. In your experience, I guess he's asking. Oh, I mean, there's legendary ribs and there's... He, well, he has a second part to the question. Does anyone come uh, close to Owen Hart? Well, there's there's cruel ribs and then there's funny ribs. And I choose to like like the funny ribs, you know? I'm sure. Yeah, Owen Hart's like the master of the fun ribs. The, uh, the ribs that, you know, don't end up costing you money. Right. Ribs. And then there are stories of like Mr. Fuji, who would, if you fell asleep on the plane, he would shave your fucking eyebrows off or, or shave one eyebrow off because you shave both eyebrows 
off. Guy looks goofy. But you shave one eyebrow off, then the guy has to make a business decision. Do I <laughs> leave the one eyebrow and draw the other one on, or do I sh- do I have to shave it off myself? And you yeah, you force the guy to shave off his other eyebrow, so right. to speak. Yeah, Fuji did, had, and there's some ribs Fuji did. I'm, I'm never going to fucking repeat, but, um, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, Owen was definitely, uh, King Ribber. Kurt Henning was a, uh, a good ribber. Uh, there's one of my favorite, uh, Kurt Henning ribs. Uh, it's a little kind of crude, but it's, it's still funny. Um, I guess there was a Christmas party at Road Warrior Animals house and he brought over a bunch of the boys and uh, Kurt Henning goes up to the restroom to go to the bathroom and sees, you know, a, a potty training toilet. Oh no. For animals kid. I don't, I, I don't know if it was, you know, the one who, and I don't know if it was James or which, whichever one played for the St. Louis Rams. I'm not sure which one. So he sees the potty training chair and Kurt Henning takes a fucking dump oh. in the baby. <laughs> the, 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 the potty training chair. You know? Jesus Christ. So he leaves it there, blah, blah, blah. Animal goes up to the bathroom. He's like, holy shit, look what my kid did. <laughs> he's showing off the fucking, uh, the fucking uh, Mr. Softy, the soft serve and the fucking pop painting <laughs> fucking gimmick and stuff like that. So yeah, Kurt, Kurt Henning was good with the ribs. I mean, Owen Hart, you know, a lot of people know and respect his ribs, but Kurt Henning was there pretty good there. As well, where, and I mean, some of his ribs fucking backfired too, because, you know, there's the whole uh, heat between the, the Bulldogs and the Rougeos. Right. And some of that was akin to, uh, you know, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning ribbing somebody and then like egging on the rib, you know, like, yeah, man, I wouldn't take that shit, you know? Mm-mm. And that's what led to, you know, one of the Rougeau's, you know, getting a roll of quarters and punching tiny to my kid in the mouth backstage. You know, that that was a a, a product of a Mr. Perfect rib. So it was kind of a cruel rib because, you know, somebody wound up getting fucking, it, it led to physical violence. You know, it's, it's not like you fucking cut some, a pant leg off of somebody's slacks. Right, right. And they walk around, you know, with like half Daisy Dukes or, uh, you know, you padlock somebody's gym bag to their, the chair they're sitting in. So they're walking, instead of selling it, they just walk through the airport with a steel chair in their bag and put it through security. Like I ain't selling it. You know, I guess I, one of, one of my favorite no sell rib stories was, uh, buddy Jack Roberts. There, there's mm-hmm. a story. I forget who it was. But somebody got to his gear bag and after a show, you know, shows over gear bag, they put like a dead fish in there or something like that. Or they put some kind of dead something in there. He puts in the the bag in the trunk of a car. It doesn't touch it until he comes back out the next day. So everybody in the locker room knows that this somebody put this thing in his bag. 
and they're waiting for him to open up the bag and sell it. And he just moves whatever's in his bag off to the side, puts on his gear and doesn't even sell it. Like, no, oh, which one of you motherfucker? He stone-faced, took the fucking dead thing, put it aside, put on his trunks, his boots, and got ready for his match. Like, Eris, like, oh, fuck, he didn't sell it. You know? <laughs> I think it was a fish, you know? So, but, you know, you know, show's over, his, ba- his bag's packed up. He fucking pull the zipper down, throw the fucking fish in there, zip it back up. Preferably, he takes some clothes out and hide it underneath the fucking clothes so he doesn't see it right away, you know? Right. So, but yeah, he saw the thing, just put his gear and got the fuck out of there, you know? So, there's good ribs and there's bad ribs, you know, as long as it doesn't cost anybody money or doesn't lead to physical violence, yeah. you know? But Owen Hart was, you know, uh, a one King Ribber because his his ribs didn't cost you any money and once you realize it was him all you had to do was go oh fucking Owen got me you know that that was the the majority of his ribs oh fucking Owen got me you know uh you know unfortunately you know his last day mm. uh we're in Kansas City he's walking around in the blue blazer mask he walks up to me he goes hey uh blue meanie huh we're gonna have to do something about that name pal. You know, it's <laughs> blazer, and you know, all you have to do is just laugh. You know, it's, he was in character the whole time. Just you know, ah, Bob Holly, uh, heard a lot of good things about you, and they shake hands like they had never met before. And it's, <laughs> you know, funny shit. Oh no, Owen's amazing. Yeah, Justin Bartz wants to know who do you miss the most from the Metal Sludge chat era. Oh my god. That's fucking memories. That's a uh, deep cut right there. Yeah, Justin Bartz, uh guy I've known for well over twenty years now. Back in the day, well, A, I'm a fucking huge metal metalhead, right? And uh I love hair metal unapologetically. I don't give a shit. You know, I love it. Dockin, Poison, Rat, Tesla. Even some bands that were labeled as fucking hair bands that really weren't hair bands, you know, Cinderella, they came up in there, but they weren't really weren't hair bands. You know, they were, you know, if, if anything, you could say they were like almost like Aerosmith clones, but mm. I mean, Cinderella, amazing band, but like, um, yeah, I mean, being a fan of hair metal, uh, this website came out called Metal Sludge. And my friend uh, Jeremiah uh, reached out. I was like, "Hey, you should check out this website, Metal Sludge. You know, it's pretty cool. It's 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 kind of like a, uh, it's like a like a kind of like a dirt sheet in a way of of hair metal where they kind of like put stuff over, but they also bury. They would also like." If somebody fucked up, they would bury it. Mm. But it was all done under like assumed names. It was kind of like pro wrestling where they had these made up names, made up characters, and they would just like rumor has it, this, that, and the other thing. And nobody really knew who fucking ran it. Nobody knew, but they were getting these scoops. And it's kind of like it was kind of like a TMZ for hair metal, but nobody knew who was the proprietor. Right. But they also had this, uh, uh, message board, the metal sludge, uh, gossip board. 
and through that, I made so many friends, you know, uh, you know, with him. And then, uh, I have a friend in Gabby, a friend in England named Gabby, who is my fr- great friend to this day though. Like when we go to England, we hang out and all this stuff, you know, um, so many good friends. There's a friend I made from there, from that message board named Soichi, uh, who lived in Japan. And, uh, he would come over, they would have like these get togethers, kind of like, a. You know, they would have metal sledge extravaganzas and people would come in from all over the country and they had me like host one. And, you know, I would just go and hang out. And, uh, Soichi would come over all the way from Japan and just hang out. And, uh, uh, back in the day when they had that tsunami that took over, uh, Japan, I reached out to Soichi. Hey, man, you okay? He's like, Oh, thank you for, I'm good. That was on the side island. You know, thank you for thinking of me and asking mm-hmm. for me. And then when the, the next Van Halen came, record came out in like 2012, he sent me like a rare Japanese, uh, Van Halen. Is Van Halen's a different kind of truth? Like came with like an exclusive poser. And that's just like the friendships that yeah. I made through this, this website and this message board. So, um, a lot of people, it was like, it was a really cool community. Uh, a lot of good friendships came out of it. Uh, eventually, like anything that's good, they uh, exposed the business. Mm. And it turned out that, you know, uh, Stevie Rochelle from the band Tough uh, was like the owner of it. And he had a fall out with a business partner. So his business partner was going to like, you know, do uh, the expose or whatever. So instead of doing that, he came out himself and said, hey, it's me. But Stevie Rochelle, I'm still friends with to this day. Um Steve Rochelle, if you ever saw the movie um, "Decline of Western Civilization," the "Decline of Western Civilization" Part Two, the Metal Years, mm. which was uh, the sequel, there was a uh, there was a "Decline of Western Civilization" documentary by Penelope Spheris, who did Wayne's World and all that stuff. And the first one was based on like the LA punk scene, so she did Part Two, which was based off. The hair metal scene. Mm-hmm. Stevie Rochelle was in that. Um, you know, guys from Poison, all these different hair metal bands. Even though, even ones that really weren't hair metal, like Alice Cooper was in it, and guys from Wasp. But Stevie Rochelle was in there because he was like one of the last bands from the LA scene to kind of get signed, and he had a really good run with the band Tough, and he still tours with them, and he still metalsludge.com is or meds now it's metalsludge.tv I don't know it's still a thing and they still do news and all that stuff but hey we the you know uh Stevie's from originally from Green Bay Wisconsin and uh you know anytime the Eagles go to play the Packers you know we're talking football and you know he hit me up the other day you know saying he was happy that you know he, he's not an Eagles fan but he was happy that I was happy that the Eagles were doing good so yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I had a whole bunch of memories just flooded back, but yeah, those were good times, man, with metal sludge and, uh, uh, everybody, you know, was good. And, you know, there was a lot of heat on the, the, there's a lot of, there was a lot of, that's where I got first introduced to like trolls Mm. was on that board because, you know, long before Twitter trolls, Facebook trolls, whatever, you go to post something, you know, try to have like an actual conversation with somebody and somebody would come out and just, just be a dick. 
and you know those people I don't really miss that much. You know, just because I, and I would you just stay away from it. And then, you know, the uh, message board would break off into you know chats and stuff like that. You know, back in the AOL days, you know, we'd have a metal sludge chat and be in there for hours just shooting the shit with people who like the same music and yeah. stuff. You know, like that. so. I'm yeah that the whole bunch of great memories came came through that. Here's a funny thing in relation to Metal Sludge. Uh, this round maybe ninety nine two thousand, and they were having a beef with Dana Strum from the band Slaughter, the bass player. Uh, Dana Strum, good bass. Slaughter, great band. Dana Strum, good bass player. He was. Respect the musician, but for whatever reason, they had like a, this beef with Dana Strum for a second there. That's weird. So, so I go obscure, to, obscure person to beef with. Well, at the time, yeah, I guess he was, you know, relevant. I mean, I'm not saying he's irrelevant now. I don't know what he's doing now, but at the time, this is like a big thing on the message board, right? Or on the, on the main site. Yeah, I forget what the, the issue was, but, um, uh, me and a couple friends go up to Montage Mountain and, and I want to say in Scranton to see there it was the, the tour was amazing. It was fucking Poison, Cinderella, Dokken, Slaughter, and maybe one other band. And I went up there and I went up in a fucking Metal Sludge t shirt. So my buddy who uh, worked at Concrete Records had backstage passes. We go into backstage and there's fucking Dana Strum from fucking Slaughter. He he sees me just you know this guy standing there with a metal sludge train comes over and he goes, "Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you." And kind of like, you know, either he was no selling that you know him and no sludge, metal sludge was having a feud, or he came over just, or I don't even know if he knew who I was at the time. I'm not saying that, but like right, he came right. over really nice, and I, I was like, man, he was awfully nice to me. Yeah, was because I was wearing a metal sludge shirt, or and he wanted. Me to go on metal sludge and say nice thing that he was like yeah. really cool. Yeah, which I would have done anyway. I you know, I didn't have a beef with the guy, or was did he know who I was kind of thing? But you know, yeah. just it was, it was it was it was an interesting moment that like a metal sludge shirt had like the bass player from Slaughter come over to me and you know possibly you know you know be nice to me so I could call off the dogs or maybe he thought I was with him like hey can you kind of leave me alone this, these are all the things that are playing in my mind as the thing no it's just you know being, being nice. a fan I was being a fanboy you know I was there I was there on their turf you know geeking out for like you know docking and stuff like that so metalsludge.com slash TV so cool and I was on there a lot Jericho was on there a lot mm. That the thing called Twenty Questions. And I think me and Jericho, the rare ones that did like four versions of it. There's like uh, Twenty Questions, Twenty Questions Rewind. Uh, I forget what the third one was called, but like you know, Twenty Questions Back Four More, which is like a reference to a rat song. So mm. yeah, we were like one of the rare uh, Grand Slam champions of the the Twenty Questions on. Metal Sludge. We have two. It's pretty cool. That is pretty sweet, man. We have two more questions for this episode today. Uh, too much eggnog juice. Our friend Primetime Grape wants to know. I love this guy. Uh, what was it like to see yourself in a video game or any merchandise for the first time? It's actually it's a great question. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, well, the first merchandise is stuff I made. So it's kind of like, okay, I made my own stuff. But when other people are spending the money to make stuff with you in it, that's the real, um, that's the real honor. Yeah. No, it's one thing for me to make a shirt of myself, okay, but somebody else saying, okay, I think this guy is legit enough to make us money, so we're going to invest in him. That's pretty cool. And you know, you know, with the BWO shirts, with that was probably the first one. And the fact that you know the BWO shirt was like one of the top selling shirts in ECW history. Not that we got paid for them, but. <laughs> we, <laughs> Yeah, it led to us getting a pretty decent push and stuff like that. Can but then I, going to can I ask when you went to WWE? I don't mean to jump in. I just I'm curious. No, 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 no. Um, with ECW, obviously there was all the things going on there. But when you signed, when you guys signed with WWE, were they selling BWO shirts at the time in their merch stands, oh, no. or was that just that was all you guys still doing? Like you, I think did you wear them on air? No, I mean the BWO was an ECW exclusive at the time. Yeah, right. I mean, we, we, had, we had that year run. Oh, when I went back. When you went back, right. Like when you, you know, during the during the JBL stuff, that, oh, that timeline. No. Dude, Nova pushed for them to, you brought back the BWO, sell the shirt. It was the top selling shirt in ECW history. Why didn't you make some money? And they, they wouldn't do it. In, any, do you, any, did they ever give no. you a reason why? No clue. That's so weird. No clue. That but seems, that's fine. That that seems like, I mean, it seems like a missed opportunity, even if it was for a nostalgia pop. You know, like it seems like I don't know why. Suppose, sir, suppose if if I may game this out. Suppose as we know your well deserved and long overdue Hall of Fame nomination comes through uh when <laughs> WrestleMania's here in Philly. Do you think that they would potentially do something with the BWO then? Cuz obviously we'd be back in, you know. You guys would get a killer pop, man. I'm just saying. I'll say this, and uh, it might sound like uh, I don't even want to bring it up. But you asked if a question fair and square. Uh, there's, I'll say this: there's two thirds of the BWO that's interested in doing BWO stuff, and there's one member that's kind of moved on. I see. Understood. We'll leave that alone then. And, no, no, no. Well. I, I can't leave a teaser out there. It's, 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 it's unfortunate. Um, you know, there's been plenty of opportunities for bookings, wrestling wise, non wrestling wise, where people are like, we want to do stuff with the BWO. I'm for it. And then the other person's for it. And the other person just doesn't really reply. Hmm to the inquiries anymore. And it's unfortunate because, you know, uh, it, the BWO was a great thing. I think it was an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, you work hard and you try to do these things to get the thing over. <clears throat> so later on in life, you can reap the benefits of those rewards of the, the hard work. Right. And for that one person, uh, to not want to do anything anymore wrestling-wise, and specifically the BW. Hey, let's go do a convention. Let's go hang out. Let's, yeah. let's 
make a couple bucks and just, ha- you know, get paid to hang out. No reply. Hmm. Like, all right. So it's not from a lack of me or one other person wanting to do it. It's just, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Yeah. So it's a shame. That's unfortunate. It is. I I love the guys. I love what we've done and I wish we could do more stuff, but you know, um, somebody's moved on. And it's the unfortunate thing because, and I'm not trying to say this to put him on blast out there, but no, no, no. People ask, right? When's the BWO getting together? And that leaves me in a in a weird position of going, uh, well, I don't know, and you don't want to say anything, but it's sad. I love the guys. I love them. I want to see them, and I want to hang out with them, and I want to just bullshit and laugh and hang out. That's yeah. why I do these conventions. That's why, you know, we're doing icons. To, you know, we did icons where, you know, all these W guys came out and it was a fucking great time. It's Which was rad. It's it's a family reunion. It's a high school reunion. Even if there's people you don't like there, there's people you do like there. Right. You know? You know I, Jericho reached out to me about doing BWO and the Jericho cruise and I had to wow. fucking turn it down. Oh, uh, I, I said, well, I said, well, not all the BWOs willing to do it. And he's like, oh, well, I think it's something, you know. Shit, you know, man. So many opportunities that people want to have the BWO and can't have it. And I'm not faulting it. I mean, if you wanted anything to do with wrestling anymore, all right. But that's fine. For all those who keep asking me, that's why. That's a shame. So. Meaning, last question on this program this week to wrap up our Christmas episode of Ask Meanie Anything. Pod Squad member Anthony Camerata. Camerata. Wants to know what is your earliest and fondest Christmas memory growing up? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, ah, so many good memories. Uh, just. You know, going to see Santa and then something that I don't think most families get to experience anymore is the annual waiting for like the Rudolph claymation specials, the Frosty the Snowman Christmas specials. And we would get together and sit around on the couch as a family and get the the popcorn and the chips, the popcorn, the chips, the pretzels or whatever have little snacks to sit around and, and watch it as a, as watch TV as a family. I kind of, you know, that's, you know, some of my early memories, some of my fondest memory, fondest memories, you know, uh, other fondest memories is, uh, exposing the business of Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as a kid waking up to go take a leak and sneak downstairs and see the family, uh, you know, uh, working out their high spots with the presents, <laughs> you know, wrapping them and yeah. taping them and putting them under the tree and mm-hmm. going and sneaking up and going, son of a bitch. Motherfucker, I got worked again. So work? God damn it. Uh, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never fall for that again. <laughs> so I wake up to watch wrestling the next yeah. day. But, uh, listen, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Santa Claus is real, sir. So, yeah. listen. Like I said, go watch uh, I Am Santa Claus with yeah. uh, Mick Foley. Yeah. 
It is real, damn it. It's real to me, damn it. I don't, it's so real to me, damn it. I don't, I think my favorite memories from Christmas are being at my grandmother's house in Prospect Park. Uh, my uncle Rick would uh, put together this Christmas village in the living room and it was fucking massive. I mean, it took up, it was the, the board he had was probably eight or nine foot long, maybe, maybe longer. And it was deep too. It was, you know, it was like a big fucking rectangle, you know, and it had, he had the houses that all lit up and the fucking ice rink with the people spinning on it. He had the yeah. train that was connected to it, man. This fucking thing was cool, dude. And I remember being little, four or five, and, and looking at this thing and just being mesmerized by it. And it stayed with me. My brother David and I, we both have our own sets of houses um, that we have, uh, you know, some we get, we got on our own, but. Some actually came from when my uncle Ricky died uh, in 2015, and some came from his set. So I have two downstairs that I have set up. So it's like this nice little like memory from childhood that gets to live on, and you know the kids love it now. They think it's great, and um, yeah. yeah, I guess you know. And also, they would make cookies every year. That was another thing. They would make uh, they would make like this giant, which of course that's why I have a weight problem. But they would make this giant fucking table, this giant corner. Uh, yeah. by the, you know, in their house, it was like, you know, the Delco houses. It was like this one big fucking row home, town home. It was giant rectangle straight back and the back corner where the glass door didn't slide open on that whole corner there by the kitchen was cookies and fucking stacked high, you know, and he would make yeah. these fucking candy cane cookies and oatmeal rays. I mean, it was fucking like just anything you could imagine, man. And I remember, I remember the candy canes and there were these little like, um, they were almost like sugar cookies, but they weren't. They were like a nut cookie that had the powder on it, like a confection sugar or like, you know, the powder. Man, I'd fucking house them shits, man. I'm fucking yeah. flashing back nostalgia hard right now, brother. Just thinking yeah. about the smells in the house and shit, you know, and it was a good time. Man. That's why I said I love, you know, Halloween. I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. It's such a high, but then like, after New Year's, like between New Year's Day and Damn. March, it's like, uh, all the snow turns gray. Uh, yeah, but fuck. I, I, this, 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 you know, this Christmas season, it's, it's definitely awesome. It's a wonderful time of year, man. I enjoy it. And, and I get to do it again. I get to live through my kids while we do it, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, man. It's, it's, it's the perfect time of year. Um, and, Merry Christmas to the pod squad. Merry Christmas to our listeners. Um, this is our final show for the year for 2022. Yeah. What a fucking wild ass year. And we'll do a little bit ret- retrospective in next week's episode, kind of talk about yeah. some of the things that happened, but boy, there was a lot that happened this year, man. Lots of fucking crazy shit. Insane. Um, but thank you as always for answering the, 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 the world's questions here uh, and doing another episode here. But more importantly, as I was vomiting <laughs> on myself because uh, the seltzer's gone, where can where can folks, Carl? Just just make that sound loud. Where can folks find you on your <laughs> on your social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Mastodon, go to at Blue Meanie B W O. Uh, I'm getting a little, getting a little used to that mastodon. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yep. Um, but if you would like to support the blue meanie, go to press slash 
Blue Meanie. If you would like to support Mine of the Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mine of the Meanie. Help keep the lights on here at Mine of the Meanie. Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to ColorandElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code Meanie. Save 10%. But little did you know, you could also go to ColorandElbowBrand.com and use coupon code MIND. The support mine and a meanie and save 10%. Uh, shout out to Rod Hicks, everybody over there at ColorandElbowBrand.com. Uh, the Blue Spruce over there, over there at MadCatBeardCare.com. My boy Josh Thornton is doing an amazing job taking care of the feral cats. He rounds them up, takes them to the, the vet, gets them fixed, all out of his kind of his heart and all out of his pocket. So madcatbeercare.com. All the money you spend there goes to taking care of the feral cats. Shout out to my boy Jim Nelson over at glaciersofice.com. Uh, Jim made for the BWO, uh, three of it, three only handmade custom air BWO, custom BWO Air Jordan ones for Stevie Nova and myself. Each pair took Jim about 50 hours per pair to make all by hand. Uh, so if you want to see his uh, making of uh, photos and videos, go to, uh, you can follow him on all forms of social media at GOI Kicks. That's G-O-I kicks on all forms of social media. Cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO for birthdays, holidays, well wishes, uh, and anything else you can think of that's uh, a little bit creative, but don't be too mean. Go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO. But most importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Instagram, Mastodon, and maybe or maybe not Twitter by the time you hear this. Uh, this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand pal. You can also check out my other program, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and check out all the episodes from last year and the year before and the year before that. Uh, everything is there in the archive to enjoy. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio and support the show. I have a couple of cool designs up there as well for you. Uh, now is the time. This is the time of year to start your resolutions and get yourself back physically and mentally well, go to the feinbergmethod.com and use promo code Goober and save 20%, up to 20% on your purchase. Tell them Goober sent you. Brad has been uh, changing my life and he will change yours. The feinbergmethod.com. Prowrestlingtees.com slash mind of the meanie. Patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Don't forget to join us there. Uh, and keep the lights on here at Casa de Mini and the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth, Manscaped.com. Use promo code MindMini uh, and save 20% off plus free shipping. Mini, I want to say thank you. I want to thank engineer extraordinaire Carl Pinnell. I want to thank the executive voice of the show, Sam Kreps. And I want to thank the Pod Squad for an incredible year. Uh, I did not imagine in my wildest dreams at any point when I started Foundation Radio, that would be hosting a podcast, co-hosting a podcast with the Blue Meanie, and here I am, and we've done an entire year together. And this Damn is uh, this show has meant so much to me. It has meant so much to me to be uh, welcomed into this group of wonderful people with uh, open arms, and I am looking forward to a long-lasting relationship here uh, and another year of this show. Uh, so thank you, everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, enjoy the time together. 
uh, and and just just have a fucking ball. Just enjoy yourself. And we will see you again next week. Meaning, any final parting words for the holidays and the end of the year? Hey, just uh, again, it's the end of the year. Happy New Year. Happy, healthy, safe New Year. Thank you for all your support. Uh, we know that there's thousands, if, if not tens of thousands of, of podcasts out there that you could choose from. And the fact that each and every Monday you let us into your uh, listening devices to uh, listen to us just banter about means the world to us. Uh, whether you do it for free or whether you're a part of the Patreon, uh, it all means a lot to us because it means we're doing something right. You know, so uh, thank you to uh, the Pod Squad. Thank you to uh, you, Mr. Bernard, for uh, being the uh, the tour guide into the mind of the meanie. So uh, I'm forever grateful. And you know, I, I don't know if I say it every week, but it, you know, I, I mean, I feel it every week because you know, uh, sometimes we'll go into an episode and I'll be like, "Well, shit, what are we gonna talk about?" And just as soon as you say, uh, "Meanie, what's on your mind?" There we go. Yep. The lights come on, man, and they stay on. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a really, this is the high, this is the highlight of my week, man. I got to tell you. And being a part of this, uh, being a part of this is just incredible. So, um, have a wonderful, safe holiday season. We will see you in 2023 for the Blue Meanie and Carl Pinnell and Sam Kreps. I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind. Of the meaning. Peace and Happy New Year. Happy Blue Year. Fuck, I should have said that. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. Stop.